Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sixth episode of the Gin Jack Podcast. I'm your host Jordan Delugo, joined as always by Scott Klein. We are halfway through the preseason now, and we have got a lot to talk about. A lot of fun stuff coming out of Jaguars camp. Uh, follow Scott Klein on Twitter at scottkline1. You can follow myself at Jordan Delugo, and of course follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Scott. As, as you sit here uh, battling a sinus infection, mm-hmm. we're happy that you're here today. Happy I can talk Jaguars football with you for the next hour. Uh, how are you feeling other than the sinus infection? What are you feeling about the Jaguars, about things in general? How are we doing? Fighting through it. We're all fighters <laughs> here in Duval. Um, I, I like what I see. Um, obviously, there's a lot to work on. They're still getting all the kinks out. I mean, going up against a couple at least one of the best defenses in the league uh, this past week is always a great experience. Um, it's exciting. I mean, there's a lot of people, new and veteran, rookie, young players and veterans that are showing you why this team will be good. Yeah. It will be very dangerous this year. No doubt about it. Uh, big shout-out to Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Online at BoldCityBrewery.com. Uh, today, we are halfway through the preseason. We're going to check out whose stock is up and whose is down on the Jaguars. We're going to get into some news and notes. We'll preview the Jaguars' preseason matchup with the Falcons this weekend, Saturday, 7 o'clock at TIAA Bankfield. We'll talk Jalen Ramsey, Dante Fowler, Blake Bortles, Unique Ngakwe, Teddy Bridgewater, and much more. Before we get into all that, we have a tailgate coming up this weekend, Scott. 3 p.m. at the Strata Warehouse. That's 240 Talleyrand Avenue, downtown, right by the stadium. Uh, free pizza and beverages for all Gin Jag members. You can sign up at, uh, online at ginjag.com. Also got some new shirts dropping today, the BB5 Boat Shirts. Up on the website, ginjag.com. Check them out now. Lots of other fun uh, Jaguars gear and Duval-themed gear. Jinjack.com. So, we'll get into news and notes. Don Carey placed on IR. What are your thoughts on that moving forward? I mean, he was a guy who was looking at a log jam in front of him at safety. Um, there's so many talented players, young players, not even including the starters. I mean, there's so much depth to be excited about at the safety position. He was already kind of just the forgotten man. Right. Yeah, I mean, he really was. 
Um, and now he won't be able to play for the Jaguars this year. Um, probably could have been a good special teams contributor. And I'm sure that's why he was brought in. But did you absolutely need him to be a special teams contributor when you've got guys like Cody Davis mm-hmm. uh, that you brought in the same position this year? Probably not. So sucks to see his first, or his second stint with the Jaguars come to such a quick end. Of course, he could come back with the team next year, but he won't be playing for the Jaguars this season. A weirder roster transaction. One of the weirder things I've seen, Brooks Ellis waived with a left squad designation. I don't remember seeing this any time recently, for sure. Uh, I guess he decided to leave the team. Yeah, I, 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 can't maybe, I can't remember where I saw it, but a while back, I saw that he was... Battling concussions, right? Just he was dealing with really injury stuff, but around the program, it's pretty <laughs> strange. Yeah, uh, twenty-three years know. old. I mean, this isn't like a veteran guy who's been around the league and is yeah. just like, eh, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, just I don't know if he's looking for another destination. Maybe taking time off to work on his craft, get healthy. Yeah, it's strange to have a young guy just kind of bow out like that. Certainly. Now, rookie Nick DeLuca signed to fill Ellis' roster spot. Uh, he won a bunch of championships in college at North Dakota State. <clears throat> he was with the Titans briefly after going undrafted earlier this year. He has a shot to make the final roster, as a, or the 53-man roster, as the final linebacker. Um, currently, you know, you've got Leon Jacobs entrenched as the starting Sam linebacker. And then you've got Miles Jack and um, Telvin Smith as your other starters. And behind them, you've only got, in terms of guys you feel really good about, is Donald Payne and Blair Brown, or at least guys that you think are going to make the roster. So there's a chance for this Nick DeLuca kid if he comes in and plays well. Uh, he'll clearly need to be a good special teamer in order to get done get that done. But he was an excellent player at North Dakota State, so... We'll see how that goes. The Jaguars do only have 89 players on their roster right now. They can sign someone at any time without having to waive someone else at this point. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. Usually you would think they would get that done pretty quickly, but I guess the market's pretty bare right now. <laughs> I, I saw on the timeline somebody was like, Des Bryant was at the was at the, was seen at the, Jaguar, at the Jacksonville airport. Oh, God. I was like, no. Just no. <laughs> No. Just, I don't care no. if it's true. Just hands off. <laughs> no, thank you. Des Bryant, stay away. Uh, so that's it for the news and notes, really. Stock watch time. We're going to start with our fallers so we can end with our risers. End it on a good note with the stock watch portion of the show. Uh, let's start out with the O-line. Specifically Josh Wells. I mean, he's played pretty poorly, giving up a lot of pressure. Beat, starting for true. Jeremy Parnell. Uh, and then you look, Jeremy Parnell has been out. Andrew Norwell has been out. Brandon Linder got injured against the Vikings. This offensive line needs to get healthy uh, for week one of the regular season. They've allowed 11 sacks so far in the preseason. Of course, Tanner Lee did not help them out in the first game with that. But yeah. <laughs> uh, there certainly haven't been, in terms of pass protection, what you would hope for. Of course, they get healthy and everything could turn around very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you even look at a guy who's supposed to be your future franchise left tackle. I mean, he 
really struggled against Daniel Hunter. Right. And a lot of people do. Hunter's yeah, a very I mean, underrated he's, player. Yeah, he's very good. He's like unique. He's one of those really young guys who's got a lot of talent. Right. But there's just so much around him. Might not get the recognition he deserves. But regardless, you would like to see him be a bit more of an even battle. Yeah. Hunter um, really did get the best of him. Yeah. But so, I mean, just like you said, overall, the O line play, there hasn't been any running room. Um, there hasn't really been a lot in the pass protection department. It's just got to get healthy. I mean, yeah. Just banging around in the trenches like that, it's where there's a lot of wear and tear. But the next guy's got to step up. Right. <laughs> and that has really... not been happening yet. Tyler Shatley played well for Lander, mm-hmm. and he's played well. He's always been a guy that has. You know, performed well when when called upon, but other than that, when you're looking at the backups, it hasn't been entirely pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, another faller we've got here, uh, someone who we thought might end up being a starter. Yeah, at linebacker, Blair Brown. Yeah, I mean he's penciled in as the guy behind Telvin Smith. Um, just hasn't really shown. Hasn't really followed up a pretty solid rookie year, filling in situationally uh, with very much this preseason. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see him. You'd like to see him be able to limit the mistakes and produce a little bit more, and he hasn't been able to capitalize on that at yeah. all. Yeah, he's had a lot of playing time, and he just hasn't really looked all the way there. Just kind of a bit slow. Maybe he's thinking too much, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who would have easily been in front of a Donald Payne type player. Mm-hmm. Who I think has been having a very solid preseason so but far. I think Donald Payne has definitely looked, they're both off the ball linebackers. I think Payne has looked more comfortable yeah. and been playing a lot faster than Blair Brown. He's a guy that has gone from potential starter, a guy that did start games as a rookie. To someone who I think really needs to show his worth in the next two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he'll get cut. But if he had another another couple bad games, I think that could be like a surprise cut. Yeah. If he if he doesn't show up and, you know, say like a Nick DeLuca does show up or one of the other backup linebackers. I do I think the lack of depth at the position will tend to help him. Yeah. Uh, but like yeah, like you said, if the other people on the, on the squad are just playing better yeah. than him, I mean, the argument's there. <laughs> Certainly, um, Dwan Smoot. He's another 2017 draft pick, like Blair Brown. Uh, Smoot played. He again. He's another guy who got experience last year. Played a lot as a strong side defensive end. The Calais Campbell big end role. But he's been injured. He has not gotten in much work at all this offseason, and now he's been out all of training camp, hasn't played yet. You see other guys um, like Laurenti McRae, Carol Phillips, uh, playing really well. And you just wonder if Dwan Smoot can't get back, is his job going to be in danger? Yeah, and unlike Blair Brown, he's in a position where there's not a lot Loaded of spots with yeah. on that D-line that right. are going to be up for for grabs. I mean, he's got guys that are going to be pushing him 
the second he gets back on the field. He yeah. is absolutely a guy who needs to get out there and just show, hey, don't forget about me. Right. You know? <laughs> Taven Bryan hasn't played much. He's coming back. He, I mean, I you, like, you would imagine Taven Bryan would be back this week. We thought yeah. he was going to be ready against the Vikings. He mm-hmm. wasn't. Doug Marone really wants to get him back on the field. But yeah, I mean, if Brian can, if Brian's healthy, I don't know how Dwayne Dwan Smoot what his outlook is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Uh, that's gonna do it for the Fallers. Really, there hasn't been a ton of poor play outside of the O-line play um, from this team as a whole. They've been pretty solid. Now we've got quite a few more risers than we do fallers, and that's a good sign, no no doubt about it. I I I think there's two guys that should be generating the most excitement, and they top our list here. Who is your biggest riser? For me, I was just raving about the guy when I was watching watching the game. Um, it's the safety out of Alabama. I mean, I couldn't... I, every single time he goes to make a tackle, it's violent. I mean, there is no just wrapping up and dragging a guy down. He goes to knock your head off every single play. Yeah, and it, I, I mean, he has, it doesn't seem like he's a... Uh, when you talk about knocking heads off... Got to worry about these new rules, but it doesn't yeah. seem like it's been any hits that would and it, be like violent. It's very controlled. Yeah. I mean, he's he's very good at leading con- with the head. Yeah, controlling his body, and it just seems like every time he hits, there's just so much force behind it. I mean, there's guys bigger than him that I haven't been as impressed with just how capable he is as far as just taking these big guys down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he hasn't. Any issues that I've seen in pass coverage, there's been no blatant, you know, blow-ups that are just squarely on him. Always seem to take good angles. Um, by all accounts, a very smart guy right. who's been very coachable. I, It was a toss-up for me who my number one would be. I just think this guy, he's the future of that position. I mean, from here on out, both safeties, better, <laughs> they better keep, keep an eye over behind him because Ronnie's coming no doubt about it. He's a monster. I wrote an article on him this week. Um, he's received high praise from players and coaches. He was drafted as a box safety out of Alabama, um, or at least most people considered him a box safety, and somehow he fell to the third round. The Jaguars quickly nabbed him up. They started him at free safety this week, and he played lights out. Five tackles, a forced fumble. Uh, the Jaguars need to figure out creative ways to get him on the field, and that was pretty much the main point from my article is that they need to figure out ways to get him on the field. I would be fine playing him at nickel. I'd be fine doing some uh, kind of exotic sets where you have him as sort of a money linebacker t- type thing, kind of mm-hmm. like Dion Buchanan. Yeah, Just get him on the field and let him wreak havoc. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd be fine with playing three safeties. I don't care. He just needs to get on the field as much as he possibly yeah. can. And I'm not suggesting that Barry Church and Deshaun Gibson shouldn't be on the field because they're both very capable players and had good seasons for the team last year. But Ronnie Harrison, as a 21-year-old rookie, has the ability to make an impact for this defense, and they need to allow him to do that. Yeah. Um, Brian Baldinger does a lot of reviews throughout the year, and he's he's just an NFL guy. Um, was talking about 
Ronnie Harrison uh, just watching the last game doing some tape and he's and he was talking about he was like he compares to me kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick type player not the coverage ability that Minka because he's on he's just on another level right but he was like they were one and two safeties for me and how this guy got out of the first round blows my mind yeah some so of I mean, the safeties drafted in front of him yeah thank you Pittsburgh <laughs> yeah, for real uh, <laughs> I mean it's just Dave Caldwell to find him. And probably one of the other guys on our list, as deep in the right, draft right. that he did, he's been killing it. Yeah. Three through seven. I mean, <laughs> when you think about the third round for the Jaguars, that's been a money round uh, recently mm-hmm. for them. Dewan Smoot doesn't really fit that category as much. I think he's a good player, but you look at Ronnie Harrison and Unique Ngakwe, mm-hmm. uh, those guys are clearly have different talent levels than uh, Dewan Smoot. Mm-hmm. And even if AJ can can get it together this year and put in a solid campaign, I mean, he was a he was a third round pick from one of his first classes. Hopefully, he can kind of salvage that yeah. a little bit this and year. I, he's not a guy that's not talented. Yeah. it's just been a consistency thing for him. Mm-hmm. Clearly, um, now our uh, I think if Ronnie Harrison's one. A, Leon Jacobs is one B yeah. in terms of risers. <laughs> he was the other guy that was kind of in mind for this one. He rose a lot during just off-season program and training camp prior to even preseason starting, but he now has a firm grasp on the starting sound linebacker position. He's received high praise from teammates and coaches, just like Ronnie Harrison. Uh, he's quickly mastered the mental side of things, which I think is the most impressive thing for a seventh-round player. He's shown the ability not just in training camp, but in these games, against starters, to set the edge Mm -hmm. uh, against the run. He's had the ability to bend and dip as a pass rusher and explode towards the quarterback. Uh, And he's fast enough to keep up with backs and coverage in the flats and uh, that sort sort of thing. So, Leon Jacobs, I don't know how you could be more impressed with a seventh-round pick. Yeah. I mean, just for sheer value, it might be the home run of the draft. And that's including guys like DJ Chark. Ronnie Harrison. It's just talking about sheer value. Yeah. I mean, you get a starter like this who could be, he could be a starter here for the next 10 years. I mean, it just. He's looked better than a lot of guys drafted a lot higher than him. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he will be here for 10 years because it's two preseason games. Right. Does not a career make. But it's just, I mean. It just all seems to be clicking for this guy right now. <laughs> no doubt about it. I mean, He's on a roll. Yeah, there was one play in the last game that you that he was sent on a blitz. He looked like a knee, man. I mean, he he just dipped. He, he lowered his shoulder. He dipped under the uh, the left tackle or the right tackle. The right tackle, yeah. And I think he either got a sack or a QB hurry, and it was an incompletion. It's just, man, you don't you don't expect to see something from like from a just a. Sam linebacker. No, this is the guy the Jaguars have been. Obviously, we don't know how his career is going to pan out, but as of right now, this looks like the guy the Jaguars have been waiting for at that Sam linebacker position. Yeah, ever since what what they used to call it. Well, it was the auto. Auto. It's not really the same anymore. It's still a pretty similar position, Mm. but uh, yeah, this looks like the guy. Yeah. Now. The next guy on our risers list here is uh, a guy who's been around a while, Michael Bennett. 
He was a sixth-round pick a few years ago by the Jaguars. Guy that had, I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to be a second or third-round pick, slid to the I sixth did. round. Um, he went from a guy, in my mind, who was on his last chance with this team to a guy who's now the number two, three technique behind Malik Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's shown strength, quickness, and the ability to penetrate in pass and uh, uh, pass rushing situations. I mean, at this point, I'd be shocked if if he's not on the Jaguars' final fifty-three man roster, and that is not something I would have said heading into training camp. Yeah, I mean, it's just this is really the first time, not the first time in the preseason he's had playing time, but. One of the first times we've gotten to actually see him get on the field. Yeah, just he's just he had always been injured. Yeah, it's just constantly he's just kind of a guy you're like, oh yeah, he's on the roster still. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 playing like the guy that we thought carried the Ohio State team that he was on. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape, playing extremely well. He's a guy that you have no problem. You know, giving Malik Jackson a little bit of a, re- a breather. I mean, right. getting in there. And he's primarily going to be the three technique. He's a bit undersized. But he can do it all. I mean, I hope that it works out for him. Because he's been a guy who I love coming out of the draft. and just hope he can just stay healthy. You yeah. hate to see a guy who might have potential who just can't get on the field. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now, the next guy. The next two guys. That we're going to talk about. They're just two of my favorite Jaguar players right now. Yeah, uh, I've been raving about them really all training camp. Mm-hmm. Tyler Patman, I believe he should be the Jaguar starter at nickel. And the primary backup outside. Yeah. Uh, behind Boye and Ramsey. He's been fantastic. Against uh, against the Vikings, he, he was... Making physical tackles. Uh, he had a really physical yeah. tackle against Stephon Diggs. Some pass breakups. Uh, he started for Jalen Ramsey, but he moved around. That's a guy that just... I think he seized an opportunity here in Jacksonville starting last year when he came in and was a training camp star and then played well during the regular season when his number was called. Now he's carried that over into another training camp in preseason. And I don't think DJ Hayden has played bad. No. But no, I just think, and DJ Hayden was the guy that got the money, you know, the $6 million deal to come over from to come over from uh, Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, to be the Jaguar starting nickel. But I just think Tyler Patman's a better football player. I think he's a more physical player. I think he can play against the run better, and I think he can definitely blitz better. Yeah, I mean, even la- looking at last year, it was – Jalen Ramsey, it was the top three. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron, Aaron Colvin, and A.J. Boye. And then you're just like, well, I hope these guys don't get hurt because there ain't much behind them. Now, Tyler Patton was just making a name for himself. And, I mean, getting that year under his belt and having the kind of training camp and preseason that he's having so far, you're a lot more comfortable if one of the guys goes down, God forbid, or, you know, being able to rotate, having bringing that fourth guy in. It's you're a lot more comfortable when you have guys like Tyler Patman who's been just balling. Yeah, um, Jalen Myrick has been making plays. It's the cornerback position seems a lot more stable. Yeah, this year. Well, I mean, even year. like Quentin Meeks and Trey Herndon yeah. and uh, some of those guys. So, yeah, you like what you've got at the cornerback position. Tyler Patman has been just yeah, he's been awesome. the star of the, of the second tier guys. Yeah, 
And then you flip sides of the ball. We've got a couple more players that are uh, rising throughout preseason so far. Cody Kessler has completed 75% of his passes despite being under heavy pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been just everything you would want from a backup quarterback. One touchdown, no interceptions, 211 yards passing. Um, if he had any help from the O-line against the Vikings, he could have probably done a, a lot yeah. more than he did. He was running for his life that game. I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if, you, if you're comparing Cody Kessler to Chad Henney... It's no comparison. Right it's now. just light years difference in my mind. And Cody Kessler's a guy who, I mean... Sorry, Mike Duraco, but he he predicted that the Jaguars would try to replace him as the backup heading into training camp, and that ain't happening. Cody Kessler is a Jaguars backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. He is a good, solid football player, still a young guy, and I just think he has a lot of room to grow. Yeah, I mean, when you have the six-round pick, Tanner Lee, playing the way that he did in the first game, didn't even play in the second game. Right. Um, I mean... It's not. It's not even close to being competition. Yeah. I mean, it's Cody Kessler's the number two. Tanner Lee might be on the practice squad. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, practice squad. But if yeah, he's, he's lucky. He's looked good. I mean, I love. It. He just the ball comes out of his hand really quick. Um, he's got. He can make the deep passes if he needs to. It just he hasn't really had time. <laughs> And he's yeah. been getting killed. Yeah, he's been scrambling a lot. But even with that, he's 25 of 33, so 75% completion. Mm-hmm. And then our final riser we've got here for you is a running back out of Alabama, TJ Yeldon. What have you seen from him so far, Scott? I mean, it's what you expect from TJ Yeldon on steroids. I mean, you, always, you, under, you know he can be a shifty back. Um, he doesn't have the breakaway speed. But he can make plays. And he's been doing that with a more... He's, he's just looked a bit different. I mean, he looks very, very confident. Um, Certainly. Uh, he's, he's making plays with more regularity, I would say. Um, going, in, going into this year, I'm, I'm very comfortable with the trio that we have and the young guys that are, 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 are fighting for the last spot. There. I mean, last year, if Fournette went down, it's it's like the corners. If Fournette went down last year, you're like, oh, man, I hope TJ Yeldon and, and Corey Grant can carry the load. This year, you know, looking the way he's looked, you're hoping maybe he's taking that next step and really being able to be another playmaker. I mean, they even had him and Fournette on the field at the same time. Yeah, on no, that cre- on that awesome screen. Which I love that. So I mean. It's exciting. I mean, he's a, he was a second-round draft pick. Um, he's got all the talent. He just has never really seemed to be able to really break out. And this, yeah, I mean, for a second-round pick, you probably expect some more long speed and explosiveness at the mm-hmm. running back position. But I think when it's said and done, T.J. Yeldon will be looked back at as a solid second-round pick. Yeah, and I, I would say he's like Mr. Consistent. I mean, he's never... His floor and his ceiling are pretty set. I mean, there's, he was always it was kind of a comfortable pick. I think um, he's never. I don't think he's ever going to would have ever been a bad or has ever been a bad football player. 
but maybe he wouldn't have evolved into something like Leonard Fournette can do. Yeah. So, yeah, having a one, two, three, like Fournette, Yeldon, and Grant, I mean, that's thing. probably one of the better ones in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, that is going to do it for our risers and fallers, our stock watch for the halfway point of the preseason. Still got a lot to get into on the show. Like to remind everyone to please review us on iTunes. Helps out the show a lot. Um, you know, the more positive reviews we get, the more we show up uh, at the top of the lists of podcasts. So, Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Podcast. Please give us a review if you have some time. You can also follow us on SoundCloud. That'd help us out a bunch. So, Jalen Ramsey, while he was, uh, I don't know if the interview was conducted while he was suspended, but he had an interview that came out with GQ last week. What didn't he say in this interview? <laughs> but I think the main headline was obviously his talk about some of the quarterbacks the Jaguars face yeah. this year and some of the quarterbacks around the league. What what do you take away from this? What what do you think about Jalen Ramsey's comments? My main thing that I take away from it is, man, he's got a pretty high opinion of Marcus Mariota. I don't get it. Yeah, that's okay. That's a little joke. I mean, uh, he's a very outspoken guy. I mean, this is who he is. He's you know he's literally the the. It seemed like the guy asking the questions was just like. Wow, he's really kind of being really honest here. Let's see how far we can get him. Let's yeah. see what we can get him to say. What I mean, can we get away with? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's why you love him. I mean, he's the guy. Every single thing that he said in that article, I believe, is 100% real. I and mean, that he's always going to be that. Mm-hmm. He's never going to be the guy to dance around and just try and give the interviewer what he wants. This is what he thinks. I mean, he was calling dudes trash. He was like, oh, Big Ben, you're decent. He's all yeah. right. I mean, God, he was upsetting quarterbacks' wives. I mean, people all around the league were just... He was he, he was ESPN's frontrunner for I mean, it was, a day and a half. Yeah, it was the talk of the NFL, not yeah. just locally. but And that that's going to take me into my biggest takeaway. Jacksonville and the Jaguars have never had yeah. a star like this. If he was in New York, he would be like... LeBron yeah. in, in football season. I mean, he would just be plastered everywhere. No doubt about it. And he's a star. I yeah. don't think that the Jaguars have necessarily had a star outside of uh, Maurice Jones-Drew for a few years. Yeah. Who who else has been a star nationally for the Jaguars? Like, legitimate star. Man, it's going way back. I mean, it could be... And I'm not trying lightning. to insult... I'm not trying to I mean, insult Keenan or Jimmy or yeah. or Mark Brunel or Fred Taylor or Tony Baselli, but none of those guys were stars. This guy is a yeah. media darling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 got to be number one as far yeah. as those guys were stars on the field. This yeah. guy oh, is yeah. a star through and through in yeah. every aspect. He's, of the- he's definitely a different breed than we've ever had here. Yeah. And it's nice. It's refreshing to have somebody go out there, be blunt, say stuff that pisses people off, because that's that's kind of how the fans are. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't care. But it's 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 so awesome to see. I don't care if it's if he's getting love, if people are just hating him for it. People are listening. Yeah, and they've never listened or cared about Jacksonville really. 
before, as far as a football town before this. Yeah, you're right about that. Now, we haven't talked about Blake Bortles yet this episode. Yeah. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't. Uh, he was very consistent throughout OTA's training camp, first preseason game, up until joint practices with the Vikings. Uh, really had a, a, you could say an up and down week against the Vikings. You could say a poor week, too. Yeah. <laughs> up and down would be a nice way to put yeah, it. Yeah, very. It would be a stretch, but. And then, as Scott gets into a Bold City Brewery uh, <laughs> killer whale over here. Um, and then, against the Vikings and the actual preseason game, you could also say that was an up and down performance. I have a bit of a different opinion than most people. All right, <laughs> but let's hear it. To me, everyone's bashing the guy. National media is bashing the guy. He national be- media a lot more than local <coughs> media. Yeah. To be fair, I don't. I, I've, you've heard some guys say he had a bad game. He did have a pretty bad game. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you look at the negative plays, then yeah, you would say, oh wow, this guy sucks. I think he had one very bad decision um, on the on the interception. He just didn't see the guy. Right. Didn't even look at him. Which um, Harrison Smith does that to a lot of people. Yeah. To be fair. On the first one that was almost intercepted, Didi fell down. It wasn't a great throw. That stuff happens. The rest of the game, he made some plays. I think it was a third down to Niles Paul where he almost caught it. Twice, actually. Where he he had a he had a guy grabbing onto his shoulder pads, escapes, gets out of the pocket, throws a dime downfield. The guy just didn't catch it. He catches that. That's a 30, 40 yard gain. Mm-hmm. It pads the stats and makes it look better. But the throw was there. It just didn't get caught. I so I really I thought he looked average to a bit below average against a top two defense in the league. And that happens. Yeah. That happens against the best. I mean, he made good throws. He made a couple bad ones. I think that the team realized they were running a ton of screens and they were working. And he stayed within the offense and he executed it well. So I don't, I'm not going to, I don't think that was a, could, I could say that was a bad game for him. It wasn't great, but it was, he was effective. Yeah. It- I think the good thing is that he responded from the negative play, the really the interception that was a really bad play. The near interception on the first drive, D.D. Westbrook fell on his route. Don't know what would have happened if D.D. Westbrook didn't fall. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can really put that on Blake. Um, of course, the interception by Harrison Smith was definitely a mistake. But after that, he moved the ball. Yeah. Uh, he did some good things. So... You have a game where you throw an interception and a near interception. It's not going to look too great. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, those are the headliners, and that's what people are going to talk about. Yeah. But other than that, you're right. He did play pretty well. So I don't think it's a <clears throat> huge deal that he didn't play great against the Vikings. Most people don't play great against the Vikings yeah. defense. Look so, at Kirk Cousins. Right. I mean, and no, and no one talks about that. Kirk Cousins was 3 of 8 for 12 yards against the Jaguars. No one's worried about Kirk Cousins. So uh, I think take it for what it is. It was a preseason game that he 
didn't need to win. It wasn't a... I don't think it says much either way, honestly. Yeah. I do think it shows that Blake is ready to be able to respond well to adversity this year, which he always has been mm-hmm. able to respond to adversity. But And I, th- I think if that game was in the regular season, it, it I mean, it was a 7-3 going into halftime. Yeah. And I think that's what it would be like in the regular season, just a slobber knocker whose defense is going to win. And I think our defense, their defense played very well, but ours was just smothering. It was. It'd be interesting to see that uh, with a little Super Bowl rematch there. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun for sure. Um, before we talk about the Jets contacting the Jaguars regarding Dante Fowler, I just remembered there was a uh, Doug on Dunk Doug crime yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach who just won his first Super Bowl as a head coach. And his newest book, uh, or newest, his only book, but his book that was just released, uh, he talked about how watching the AFC Championship, he was just so upset with Doug Marone for kneeling before halftime and not giving Blake a chance to at least get a field goal, yeah. and then playing not to lose in the second half. What are your What's your take on Doug Peterson calling out Doug Marone? I agree. I agreed with it. I mean, I thought it was very conservative. I I disagree with the reasoning of why people think he said that. People are saying, oh, they were, he was scared to put the ball in Bortles' hands. To me, it was more, we have a lead. Let's, we have a lead. Let's burn the clock. Yeah. I mean, because they, in the, you don't, if you're uncomfortable with your quarterback, do you go run, run, long third down over and over and over again? I mean, I, to me, I think it's just they got conservative. And they just wanted to see if Leonard Fournette and the offensive line could carry them to the win. They got conservative in general. And not just with the quarterback. Yeah. With the whole team. And I do think it was a mistake. And Doug Marone knows that. And Doug Marone responded uh, when asked about it today. (laughs) He said he read a book this offseason. He didn't actually say the name. He said who it was by and that it was a bestseller. But the book he was referencing was The Art of Not Giving a... You know what. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... And I think Doug said that a little bit in jest. And he's just been great with the media ever since arriving in Jacksonville. It's hard to imagine just the huge rift that he had with the Buffalo media. It's crazy. But he's been awesome in Jacksonville. Uh, I do think he made mistakes last year as a head coach. And you learn. I think that he'll learn from them and they'll be better for it in 2018. Mm -hmm. And you got to give the guy credit. I mean... Uh, first season as a head coach in Jacksonville goes ten and six. Uh, he got the playoffs to the or the Bills to the brink of the playoffs when he was there. Coached them to a nine and seven record with a team that wasn't ultimately that talented. And I just think he's a coach on the rise, and I think that he will learn from his mistakes last year. And uh, hopefully, the Jaguars will be able to overcome situations like that in the playoffs, assuming they're able to make it back to the playoffs. Now, Dante Fowler. The Jets contacted the Jaguars about trading for Fowler, according to a report from the New York Daily News. Should the Jaguars bite? They would really, really have to shell out quite a bit, I would think. Um 
seeing it tossed around here and there. If Fowler plays well enough to warrant a trade for him, then by the end of the year, if he does get leave and go to another team and get paid, we get a compensatory pick for it. Right. Which is the third round pick. Is that is it worth getting now to ensure a third round pick, or is it worth getting whatever you can out of Dante Fowler and still getting that third round pick? Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's going to be trading more than that for Dante Fowler with all the baggage that he has. If I, they do... If there's a second the, round pick on the table, I think you take it right now yeah, for Dante it's, Fowler. It's def, that would definitely sweeten the pot. Yeah. I don't think that would happen. Like you said, he's made more waves off the field than on the field. Yeah. He has a one-game suspension to start the season. In the he's last year of his contract. Yeah, too. battling a shoulder injury. Uh, teams could get him on the open market next year and not have to give up anything besides you know, potentially a big chunk of change. So I've, I've always thought him to be a trade target. I mean... Just the more you think about it, it just seems like teams would really have to woo Dave Caldwell into parting with them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And if I'm the Jaguars... Oh, maybe they could just throw in Teddy Bridgewater. (laughs) And we'll get to that. If I'm the Jaguars, even if there is a second-round pick, I think I would take the second-round pick. But I would still have to think about not taking it. Because I do think the Jaguars' best chance to win a Super Bowl this year is with Dante Fowler on the team. Yeah, because you know who plays more in a Super Bowl than a draft pick? A player on your team. current player (laughs) on the active roster. No (laughs) doubt about it. And you want to keep that depth going. The defensive line could not get home last year, aside from Dante Fowler, against the Patriots in the AFC Championship. So you really want to keep that depth as much as you can. Now... As you mentioned, there's been, I mean, not rumors, but people that would like to see Teddy Bridgewater to Jacksonville. Um, Does it make any sense to you? No. If Blake Bortles didn't get the contract that he got last year, um, if it wasn't the position that Teddy Bridgewater plays, as in the compensation for him that we would have to give up would be so great. I just don't see it happening. I mean, if we weren't comfortable with Cody Kessler and where he was at, I could definitely see it more. Because then you're like, okay, all of our eggs are in Blake Bortles' basket. Not necessarily even just for this year, but for the next three years. Right. Then I could see a more of an argument. At this point, I really just don't see it happening. Like, if it's 10% chance, I'd be surprised that it happens. Uh, I wouldn't even say that much. <laughs> Why would you trade for someone who you could have signed yeah. in the offseason? Uh, I could see coming off an injury like that, not knowing what or how he's going to react and play for it. Just let the other let another team take that risk. So I can kind of get that. Um, I, I just don't think the Jaguars would be willing to give up what the Jets, I'm sure, would be asking for at a very premium position that teams are always looking for. Yeah. I will say, if I was the Jaguars GM or EVP or either one of them, I probably would have looked like looked at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater in the offseason. I, I, I have to say I probably would have signed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he wouldn't cost you anything against the cap really this year. Not a huge cap hit. And he's just insurance policy in case Blake Bortles doesn't play well. 
If I'm putting these two guys head to head, Teddy Bridgewater and Blake Bortles, I don't know that Bortles is better. I'd probably bet on Bridgewater, to be completely honest with you, in terms of being a better quarterback. But at this point, the Jaguars, and I hate saying that because I love Blake Bortles. He's tough, he's gritty, he's a leader, and he's just so Duval. But at this point, I think it makes very little sense for the Jaguars to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think that, I guess Bridgewater and someone else for Fowler might make sense. If And that's only if the Jaguars are just so concerned with Fowler's chemistry issues with Yannick Ngakwe and the rest of the team mm-hmm. that they think it could lead to, you know, even more... Any, anything that, de- that takes the eyes off of the Super Bowl yeah. need to be purged right. in this locker room. And I don't think he's quite there from the outside looking in because well, I we mean, don't look know. at a guy like Jalen Ramsey who stuck up for him. Right. For his teammates. And we're like, y'all don't, y'all don't understand what goes on. We're family. We're brothers here. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, to me, I would may, maybe if it was a decent draft pick along with... Eh, I don't know. I'm still just... If I was the Jets, I wouldn't get rid of Bridgewater. Yeah. I'd, I would hold on to him. I mean... Especially with a guy like Sam Darnold, who you've drafted him to be the franchise guy. But he's still a rookie who's got a lot to learn. Yeah. And and I don't know this for a fact, but Todd Bowles has been there for a while now. And I think he, he's in the business of wanting to win games. Obviously, he's got his young quarterback, but... If things go south for Sam Darnold as a rookie, it'd be nice to have Teddy Bridgewater there. Yeah. I mean, you got Josh McCown, but he was... Teddy Bridgewater versus Josh McCown is not a competition. I mean, he was the starter last year, and it was just dink and dunk. Yeah. And that was their their entire offense. Their offense led to Austin's Ferry and Jenkins averaging only seven yards each. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's be real here. Uh, final note before we preview the Jaguars versus Falcons a little bit. Uh, Pete Prisco came out with an article. He believes Yannick Ngakwe will be the defensive player of the year. Preach! Preach <laughs> it, Prisco! Oh, There's no reason to believe it. he can't. I think it's a bold statement to say that he will be. Yeah. I mean, you gotta... That means he's the best pass rusher in football this year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> by far. Yeah, that would. I could absolutely see it. I. The more I talk, like every single play I watch of this guy, I mean, it's hard not to love the dude. I mean, he was our pick, or at least my pick, for the most exciting player to watch this year. Um, I think this dude is really just about to blow the lid off of off of this secret little just prized possession. We're just down here in, in Jacksonville, and he's about to go nationwide. I mean, I think everybody's so going to know about this guy. Yeah, I mean, you've seen his explosiveness throughout the offseason. He's constantly motivated, constantly <laughs> got a chip on his shoulder. Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson, they both think that he's got the ability to do it. Pete Prisco's on board. I'm on board. I mean... The fact that he's not even in the top 30 of the... Betting odds? Yeah, it's just it's pathetic. Weird. But whatever. We don't worry about betting around here. Um, 
So yeah, Yannick Ngakwe, Defensive Player of the Year. That sounds nice. Got a nice ring to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what to watch for versus the Falcons. The Jaguars take on the Falcons Saturday at 7 p.m. at TIAA Bank Field. Uh, of course, we will be tailgating up until 7 p.m. over there at the Strata Warehouse, 240 Talleyrand Avenue. Free pizza and beer for Gen Jag members um, for this tailgate and all tailgates. So sign up at genjag.com. What to watch for versus the Falcons. Can the O-line get healthy? Do we see Andrew Norwell? Do we see Jeremy Parnell? Do we see Brandon Linder? Um, Cam Robinson, does he get back on the right track after struggling against Danielle Hunter? They just need to perform a lot better in pass protection as a whole. Yeah, I mean, they're going up They're going to be going, going up against young guys. Uh, they just got Tack McKinley yep. uh, this past year who played well last year. They got Vic Beasley who had a great year um, a couple of years ago. I don't think he had as productive a yeah. year last year. A little bit of a down still year. But... Excellent. Grady, Grady Jarrett, I mm-hmm. believe, is still playing in the middle. Um, he's been a stud. Yeah. So they really... It, 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 there's no letting up on the gas. I mean, just because you're done with the Vikings doesn't mean it's a cakewalk from here on out. No, and so, the, the Falcons' defense certainly isn't the caliber of the Vikings' defense, no. but it's a very good defense. Yeah, I mean, especially up front, they they certainly have players who can seriously hold their own. Yeah, and uh, of course, starters should be playing at least until halftime, a lot of them, mm-hmm. some of them even into the third quarter. I want to see Andrew Norwell, man. Yeah, we all <sighs> do. But would I be upset if the first time we see him is week one? No. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it means he's healthy right. and ready to roll. All right. Now, we talked a bit about Blake Bortles. We, neither of us really thinks that it was a huge deal that he struggled against the Vikings. But you do want to see him bounce back. Yeah. Um, in 2017 and in years past, when he's had a poor performance, lots of times he lets that kind of build into the next week. Uh you just want to see him bounce back. I mean, he he threw a ball that should have been intercepted against the Saints in Week 1 on his only drive. He threw an interception to Harrison Smith. Another one was almost intercepted while that might not have been his fault. I want to see Blake Bortles play a clean game against the Falcons' defense. And that's not going to be an easy thing to do, but that's what you want to see from your franchise quarterback. Um, he was relatively clean again against the Saints, but... There was a pass that should have been intercepted. It wasn't a terrible decision on the play, but it was poor placement by Bortles. Uh, and that was the one to Lee in the end zone. Anything in particular you want to see from him this week? Um, I, I really want to see him utilize the wide receivers. I mean, I just feel like they have, it's been a ton of screens. Um, there's been a lot of short. They haven't really taken a lot of shots like at all. Um, I'd really like to see them not force the issue this year or this week, but just see if you can get some of those explosive plays. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to always be this trotting, run the ball, you know, just get a fifteen-minute drive down the field. And they might not care about doing anything and fancy early, during the preseason. It's preseason, it's just I, I just want to see it. That's it would all. be nice. There's no reason. There's no tactical reason to get it out there. It's just. For my own viewing pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who gets the carries late in the game? Brandon Wilds and Tim Cook seem to be battling it out for the final running back spot. 
if the team is to keep four running backs. Wilds had eight carries last week while Cook had zero. Um, I really liked Tim Cook. Yeah. I still do, but I don't dislike Wilds. I think he might be more of a all-around back, mm-hmm. whereas Tim Cook might be more of just that thumper type guy. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if both of them get carries, if Wilds continues to dominate with the carries, what happens there. Or if either of them really get carries, because you know, with the starters playing longer, TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant could see the bulk of the carries. It's, it's so weird just seeing like Corey Grant out there in the third and fourth quarter in this past game. He's like, oh yeah, he's still the third running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he needs some touches too. But uh, yeah, these guys, right now it looks like it's in Wild's corner. I mean, like you said, he got basically all the playing time between the two this past week. Um, they might lean the other way and see what Cook has. That's what I would like them to do. Mm-hmm. And then in the final preseason game, I would like to see both of them get a half. Yeah. Or Don't just even... or just have like a rotating, just yeah. let them... Well, yeah, it's probably better to have them see individually. But anyway... Or yeah. quarter by quarter. Yeah. Something like that. You don't need to see what TJ Yeldon or Corey Grant or no. obviously <laughs> Leonard can do in the fourth preseason game. Yeah. It, advantage Wilds right now. but it, Looks like it. And he made he, he averaged four yards a carry on those eight carries last week. So he, he did some good things, obviously. Um, final thing for me. Does someone stand out in the battle for the final receiver spot? I believe whoever is the final receiver is going to be someone that the Jaguars think can be the punt returner. Yeah. And you've seen Rashad Green and Jaden Mickens have a lot more opportunities to return punts than Shane Wynn. However, I believe Shane Wynn is the best receiver out of all three of them. I would agree, yeah. Uh, Rashad Green has... According to most, had the best camp as in terms of just pure being a receiver. And then week one of preseason, he inexplicably muffs a punt. Week two of the preseason, he returns a punt 56 yards down inside the five yard line to set the Jaguars up for the game winning score. Uh, it, it's tough for Rashad Green. I don't think he deserves to be on the team. Because he's got a long injury history. He's never been a productive receiver when on the field. And he has a long history of uh, dropping punts and making mis- mental mistakes like that. Uh, you look at Shane Wynn, everybody's just like, oh, he's only 5'6". He makes plays. Uh, for me, it's Jaden Mickens is the guy that should be on the team out of the three of them. He's shown he can make plays as a receiver and as a punt returner. He hasn't made mistakes as a punt returner to the extent that Rashad Green has. Yeah. I think he's a tough guy. Yeah, I think absolutely Mickens, just from what he did last year, shows you enough that he, to me, would be the front runner and the guy. I think Shane Wynn is the most exciting of those for me. Um, he doesn't quite have the punt return that Mickens has shown. But as far as just being a receiver, I think he's just better than Mickens. I mean, he's more exciting. He's not. He's another small guy, which absolutely hurts him. But he's the only one of the guys fighting for that final spot that really does anything that wows me or excites me at all. Yeah, I'm with on you. the field. 
I'm with you. Anything else you want to see? I want to see DJ Hayden and Tyler Patman. See how if if Patman gets some time in the slot, or if DJ Hayden handles his responsibilities there. Julio Jones moves around a lot. Um, they got Calvin Ridley now. They got Muhammad Sanu. I mean, it's going to be a test. It's probably going to be the biggest test the secondary has had so far. Yeah, that'll be Especially exciting matchups to watch for yeah. sure. Because you know the the Falcons. They're not shy about putting Julio Jones in the slot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even if it's not Julio, the other two guys yeah. you mentioned are dangerous. Could you see some Ronnie Harrison on yeah. Calvin Ridley action? That'd be fun for <laughs> yeah. sure. Two Alabama rookies. But, um, yeah, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, of course, we would also like to see a packed house mm-hmm. from Duval. Um, again, the game is 7 p.m. Saturday night at TIAA Bank Field. Uh, again, that's going to do it for the show. We appreciate everybody that's out there listening. Please, if you can, follow us on SoundCloud and give us a review on the Apple Podcasts app. We will be back at you next week with another episode as the Jaguars prepare for their final preseason game against the Buccaneers. I believe that's next Friday. Friday preseason game. And Tampa. Uh, don't ask me. It's either uh, Thursday or Friday. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the 30th. Yeah. Whatever day of the week that is. Uh, I think but, it's a Thursday. Okay. Anyways, sometime at the end of next week. I could be wrong. Jaguars are in Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. <laughs> let's just, let's, all right, let's just go ahead and do it. The 30th is the Thursday. All right. Final preseason game. We will preview that. We'll look back at the Falcons-Jaguars matchup and talk about all the rest of the news and notes that happen in the next week. Appreciate you listening. Have a great weekend, Duval. And go Jaguars. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.